Welcome to the Liberty Room. That's right, the Liberty Room, where conservatives can speak their minds with all the freedoms guaranteed by our beloved Constitution. The Liberty Room with me, the one, the only, the Jim Wood. And then sitting next to me, my friend, my brother, my fellow American red, white, and blue patriot, that high-flying tall drinker, how do you do, Dwight? So for the next hour or so, strap in, hold on, but don't hold back when you're hanging with us in the Liberty Room. Don't start the air <laughs> drumming again. Oh, that We've was intentional. We've had this discussion. That was intentional. Oh, was it? Yeah. It wasn't any better. I, I uh, know. I'm not good air drumming. <laughs> never have been, never will be. I'm not picking. Yes, you are. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I would expect nothing less. I know. I know. So how you been this week? Uh, busy, but uh, tired, but but here mm-hmm. and glad to be here tonight. And Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long week. How about you? It? Yeah. It's been a long week yeah. and it seems like it's getting longer. And the week just started. Yeah. Well, from when we're recording this, but this is Friday when we release it. That's true. So happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. That's it. And if you're listening to it on the end of the day, well, we just hope you have a good day there too. Mm-hmm. But overall, we want to say thank you for visiting with us in the Liberty Room. Yeah, that's about it. That's it? Oh. Was that my my cue to come in? Well, you missed it if you did. Oh. Thank you all for coming to the Liberty Room and listening to the smooth sounds <laughs> of Jim and Dwight. I was going to say, when do we turn into NPR? <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to get more like Delilah. <laughs> uh, love notes. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hate it when that show comes on the radio. Yeah, I don't really care for all I that know. stuff. Yeah, I know, um, I know. Well, thanks everybody for tuning into the Liberty Room with us. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. That way you get all the tips, tricks, and the secret codes on how to advance to the next level. Oh yeah, we're always giving secret codes That's out. That's it. You know, it's like it's like PlayStation. You gotta hit the secret codes. I need my secret decoder it's ring. Triangle square X X zero X triangle square zero. Exactly. Yeah. So if you hit that real quick, you can advance to the next level and power up. Or you buy your game genie and just cheat and do it from there. See, don't cheat. You actually got to hit the codes in the right order. Yeah, put the game genie in, good to go. Mm, either way, thank you all very much for tuning in with us on Liberty Room this week. That was for John Henry, the game genie. That he is the game genie. The does, man, he know, oh, does he know uh, what game genie is? I don't know, but that's a new nickname. The game, game genie. genie. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by the, the game, game genie. genie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. So this week, there's been a lot to talk about. Um, uh, we, we've covered, we covered a lot uh, last week uh, that was some sensitive, inform- not sens- sensitive topic for a lot of people, even a lot of people who are regulars at the Liberty Room or Wednesdays with Jim, the Wednesday live show where you get to be a part of the, the conversation. What time does it come on? Eight o'clock every Wednesday. What, what time zone? In the Eastern time zone. Is that... On the other side of Central? That is on the... Before Atlantic? That's on the right coast. Oh, the not the left coast. Not the, the left right coast. coast. That's the right coast. Oh, so Eastern time. Okay, good that old, Eastern time. Good old Virginia time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, 8 o'clock every Wednesday night across several different platforms. We're on Facebook Live. We're in YouTube land. We're on Twitch, Twitter, and soon coming to Telegram, still working the bugs out of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're on different uh, different social media platforms. Did you say you, YouTube? Yes, I said YouTube. Oh, I wasn't sure. I wasn't oh, listening. Oh, yeah. We've been on YouTube I, for I, a while. I tuned you out there for a second. Uh, you do that quite often, I know. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm so used so, to hearing your voice. It's just like, eh. <laughs> the eh. velvety sounds. Yeah. 
So whatever platform that you support, you can always get Wednesdays with Jim every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, sharpish. Yep. You like that, sharpish? Sharpish. Actually, you're, you're pretty sharp at 8 o'clock. I get that Facebook notification, yep. like, oh, he's up, got to watch it. I do my best. I do absolutely my best. So tune in with us where uh, when you can get in the comment section, you're also part of the conversation with everybody around the world, all of our friends from the U.S., mm-hmm. um, our friends from Germany, our friends from Belize. we got people all over the world that tune in. Um, just the same way they do here on the Liberty Room. We've actually got, uh, according to um, some of the um, uh, uh, analytics that we get, we've actually got people tuning in from the Ukraine. Yeah. How about that? So if you're in the Ukraine, duck. Um, <laughs> Cover. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, God it's bless probably, It's probably President Zelensky. It might be. Yeah, it he, might he's, be. He's, ch- he's, he's channeling us to know what he has to do. <clears throat> he's trying yeah. to get some t- uh, tips and tricks from the Jim Wood. Exactly, yeah. He, he recognizes your greatness. Use the cheat code. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Game Genie does not work on any kind of Ukrainian uh, system. Um, yeah, yeah. Russia does not accept the green, the, the, the Game Genie. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a lot of people out there going, what the hell are they talking about right now? We don't know. We're hopped up on coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's a coffee buzz. However, we did experience something this week uh, that we did want to start the topic off with a little bit. And it's about the responsibility of our elected leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use the word leader very loosely, um, just bec- just for recognition purposes, because the behavior of a lot of our elected officials are not of leadership quality. That's true. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and everything that gets, um, Gets the most notice is definitely your state and federal, mm-hmm. but you really got to watch your local, local elected officials as well as we've seen here in our area um, this past week. Well, you and I have made this comment before. You know, we didn't get involved into politics really until about three years ago. Don't call me a politician. <clears throat> I'm not calling you a politician. I'm just making. I'm just stating a fact. That's yeah, all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not soon to be politician. Um, anyway, so I'll kill you. <sighs> Y'all heard that. He just threatened a black man with death. <laughs> Why has it got to be about race? It always is. Get on with your point. Fine. Jeez, man. Calm down. Simmer down. Mm, too much coffee. So three years ago, we got involved, right? And, you know, when you went to city council meetings here locally, for example, there's like two people in the room. Yeah. Now, it's, it's two observers. Yes. You had all five city councilors and, and city management and like two observers. Yeah. And that was it. And what was kind of cool is that three years later... Tonight, for example, we just came back from our meeting tonight, yes. and there, there was probably, what, 15 observers in the room? Sure. Okay. A good number of them were people from our local committee. True. But we're seeing growth, finally, of people coming to meetings and actually listening to what... Not just on special meetings, but right. just, you know, this is, this business was just a, meetings. This was just a regular business yeah. meeting. Yeah. Nothing special. Yeah. But people were, people were coming. They're paying attention now. They're actually standing up and they're speaking. We had like, what, five speakers? Yep. You know, but it's it, it gone are the days, I think, here where it's just one or two people showing up. We're well, having a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, how you, that's yeah. how you keep them accountable. Because yeah. if you're up on city council, you just sit there and no one else shows up, yeah. you can do whatever you want. And they and they've done that for they so have. long. They've got used to that idea. That's right. You know, they have gotten. That's one of the things. Without the checks and balances of we the people, mm-hmm. even the lowliest little city council member, you know, can get skewed with you know the 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 vision of power. It happens. And when you're not when you're not supervised, you don't act like an adult. <laughs> yep. You know, and that seems to be the case. You know that we're dealing with here. 
Um, but don't worry, we have an election coming up and, uh, you know, we're going to change it. We're going to change it. Yeah. And, and it's, so you got to really pay attention to not just your state elections and your federal elections, because those city council members, those board of supervisor members, those, uh, elected local officials have more to do with your everyday life than most of your state and definitely most of your federal. It's just not as exciting as, you know, congressman, whatever's is advocating. We launched missiles against Ukraine and, you know, Biden forgot again his speech. And, you know, at the local level, it's, uh, we're, we're going to donate $15,000 to the boys and girls club. Well, okay. That's great. It's not exciting. Right. You know, we're, we're, we, we all like the bombs dropping and the fireworks and, well, you know, I think it was the last city council meeting where one of the city councilors said something to the effect of, and, it, and it, for, to put in perspective for all of our listeners, the last meeting was, was fairly controversial because they were, for, we, yeah. we were talking about diver, diverting some funds uh, that we conservatives thought were being used in the, in, in an incorrect way. Sure. And anyway, one of the city councilors said later on that, you know, and the room was crowded. It was standing room only. He says, well, it's so good to see people here and getting involved. Is it really? Well, not is that is that what you really think? Because the more we get involved, the more accountable you become to us. Yeah, exactly. And that that was his that was his uh, media face. Yeah, that was the little sound bite for the media. That's all the, uh, all that was because he's not really votes the way we do. No, or the way we would. No, you know. I mean, so when you're looking at stuff, you got to keep those checks and balances. And if you don't, I mean. They're, they're just going to run crazy and do whatever they want. Just like you said, with that meeting that we had, mm-hmm. you know, uh, through some of the COVID m- money, the ARPA funds, um, they allocated two and a half million dollars to a, uh, uh, um, um, uh, what's the word, uh, mountain bike trail. Mm-hmm. And then the very next, I mean, two, three days later, they announce that they are having to cut off bulk garbage collection because they can't afford to pick it up. And in the same breath, they talk about how they're going to raise water, sewer, and garbage collection overall because they can't afford to run the system. So you're losing pieces of infrastructure, but you got a, you got a really badass mountain bike trail. Oh, it's going to be awesome. So, you know, we as, as conservatives and Republicans, we, we were voicing our opinion over appropriating that funds for the mountain bike trails really wasn't the best way to spend that money. Um, and they kept using trigger words like childhood obesity, you know, stuff like that, which is a problem. But, you know, as soon as parents get their kids off their phones and off their video games, then that might not be as big a problem as it used to be. Well, we are, considering that we already have six parks in Waynesboro. We do. We have six okay. parks in our city, and they're they're nice parks. It's not, you know, a dog park where you yeah. go walk your dog in a circle. No. These are multi-acre facilities that are just, you know, with playgrounds and softball fields and soccer fields. And, and, and I mean, it's, it's amphitheater. Right. I mean, for a city of less than 25,000 people, we, we really have the recreational space in place already. Um, but a special interest group really pushed the buttons of um, sure. a couple of our city council people who were drunk with that power because nobody ever held their feet to the fire in the past. Yep. Them days is over, my friend. Yeah, we have a new thing of checks and balances called the Jim Wood. <laughs> <clears throat> and that checks and balances is coming soon to a city council near you. Yeah, well, we are, we're going to fix our town. 
We are. That's for sure. And, we're going to secure that perimeter. And that's what needs to happen is that people, you know, people like you, Jim, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your rear end, but I'm, I'm going to speak very candidly here. People, you, you, cause you're a very down to earth guy and, and, and you speak your mind and, and you speak it with clarity and you're very genuine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even though you call yourself the Jim Wood, <laughs> you are, you're, it's you're, all in you, fun. It's in fun and you are Jim, yeah. right? Yeah. But I know that when you get up there, you're not going to let the power go to your head. No. You're going to be, not the word ruling, you're going to be managing this, managing city affairs yes. in a way that is not only just conservative, but is but is in line with what the, the community wants. I hope so. And you will. Because I mean, you, you're not going to be able to please everybody. That's right. impossible. Right. But you're going to listen to people. And that really is the key. Unlike the last meeting where minds were already made up, okay, and they really just did the public hearing really just to check the box. We did it. Well, they had already went up and marked off the trails and surveyed the land before they had the public hearing. So the public hearing was really just a waste of our time because it was already a done deal. It's like with the 2A thing we did two years or three years ago. Yeah. Mines are already made up. We're just checking the box that we did it. Yep. Well, my running partner, and we're a ward system here in Waynesboro. I'm running for the ward which I live in, and our friend Jeremy Sloat is running for the ward that he lives in. Um, and you know, hopefully we will be each other's checks and balances too. So mm-hmm. we don't forget it. Yep. You know, Jeremy's a, a very intelli- intelligent young man who, um, is at a young age supervising in a machine shop where most of the employees, um, under him are twice his age in some places mm-hmm. and been doing it longer. So he's, he's very intelligent in a very precise industry. You know, so he's very methodical. He's very thought, you know, he, he thinks things out. Um, so, you know, with my bull in the china shop and his precision thinking, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're going to do well as far as keeping each other in check. But um, I don't think that either one of us really have that problem to where it's going to be an issue yeah. because we both work for a living. Yeah. And unfortunately, our elected officials, several of them, the ones that seem to be causing the problems, um, seem to have forgotten what it's like. You know, they yeah. have some highbrow jobs and they, uh, they have jobs where whatever they say goes. Mm-hmm. And as a city council member, it's not whatever I say goes, it's whatever's best for the people go. That's right. And they've lost touch with that. Well, and one thing too, being the chairman of the local Republican committee, we're going to hold you accountable. That's your I mean, job. That, supposed that to is our it. job. I expect it. Is that we nominated you? Yeah. We put you in office. We're going to hold you accountable. If if and I know I we know each other pretty well, Jim. Sure. You know you got my cell number. I got your cell number. We call each. We talk probably every day, don't we? Man gives the voicemail. You don't really want to talk to me. Well, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I got higher <laughs> priorities in life. <laughs> I have my people talk to your people. Yeah, I'll get my, my secretary will get, get back to you later on. As the chairman now, I just don't have time for you. I'm sorry. Look, you got the nomination. Leave me alone. I know where you live. I know, unfortunately, you do. <laughs> but my job will be to hold you accountable. The committee yeah. will. And But again, yeah. as what I was getting at was that if I call you and say, hey, look, Jim, I don't like the way you voted on that issue. I know you're not going to take it personally. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a slight on you personally. It's I don't like what you did. Yeah. yeah. I'm voice. Now, I live, I live in the same ward you do. Yes. So you'll be representing me. Yes. I'm one of your constituents. Yes. I have every right to voice my opinion. Sure you do. And I know you'll listen. I know that yep. if my neighbor called you, same ward, yep. you listen to him. Sure. You know, um, so, but we will hold you accountable, but we're also there to work with you. We're there to support you. Yeah. I tell it to, I say it to everyone that's listening right now, 
whether you live in Waynesboro with us or you live in wherever else, United States of America city, you know, whoever your city councilor is, mm-hmm. you're, you're if, if they, if they vote the same or they, they, they're the same party as you are, let's just say you're a conservative or Republican or whatever. Yeah. Go support them. Yeah. Okay. If you put them in office, if you want them to work, you know, to serve you as a public servant, yep. well, you got to be there to support them too. Well, see, that's what, that's the problem most people think of, you know, and it, honestly, I was guilty of it for a lot of years. I went and voted. I did my civic duty. You know, you go push that button in the voter booth and you think that's it. It's over with. I was voting number one. <laughs> but you know, that's not where it's over with. Yeah. If you don't get involved and you're not part of it, then don't don't bitch and cry when your city councilman or your board member or your congressman or your state senator or something like that does things you don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, now they're not like I said, you're not always going to make everybody happy. That's right. that's for sure. But just, you know, in this district, we have a state senator. Mm-hmm. Goes by the name of Emmett Hanger. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I'll call names out. Emmett Hanger runs as a Republican, but yet 90% of the time he votes with the Democrats. Yep. But yet the people in his district vote him in every time. I am so confused by this. And then what do they do afterwards? They bitch about, you know, when he votes against the Second Amendment or he, you know, he was the deciding factor. Our governor wanted to take a, a break in the gas tax throughout this summer because gas prices are so high mm-hmm. and Glenn Youngkin wanted to alleviate some of that pressure on families trying to take vacations or people on work schedules, uh, businesses that are, are, are having to cut back here and there because of the cost of fuel prices. You know, uh, Governor Youngkin pushed it through trying to get that relief on the gas tax in Virginia. All the Democrats voted against it. it all they needed was one Republican to stop it. Guess who that Republican was? Oh, um, that was the Emmett Hanger. That would be Emmett Hanger. He voted with the Democrats. And now, Virginia, you get to pay that gas tax mm-hmm. that our governor tried to alleviate for the summer, not permanently, but tried to give us a little bit of breathing room, something, just uh, anything that he could to make a difference in our, our summer, 2022. Mm-hmm. You can think conservative, <coughs> Republican, mm-hmm. Emmett Hanger, for casting that deciding vote that's going to have you paying full price at the pump. Sure. So why is that? Why? Well, because people still keep electing him, even though he keeps doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely boggles my mind. Any Republican that pulls that lever, I would I would write in Mickey Mouse before I would vote for him at Hanger. Matter of fact, I think I did last year. <laughs> sure. Last time. Nice. <laughs> nice. You know? And because they, you know, a, a fictional character, mm-hmm. which obviously it wouldn't be Mickey Mouse this year. Yeah. <laughs> He's down at Gay Days in Disney. Yeah, we don't want to um, vote for him. No, I would rather, you know, I would rather vote for a fictional character and be able to sleep at night than vote for him. Well, here, here's the good thing: is that um, his district is moving. That is a good thing. So it won't be an issue for us anymore. But but, but it's still going to be an issue it's because an issue. his vote on the gas tax affected the entire sure. Commonwealth. Sure. I guess I'm looking towards the future with it in that the legislative district committee is who decides yeah. how he gets elected, how that position gets filled yeah. or gets nominated, right? Yeah. I think he'd be hard-pressed to win again. I hope so. Cause because there's a number of us that would say, wait a minute. Yeah. You've never come to one of our committee meetings. Yep. You've never solicited our help or our or, or shaken my hand to say, hey, thank you for your vote. You've done absolutely nothing. Nothing. So why would I want to support you being back in your position again? Because he knows he's got X amount of cronies that will get him reelected. 
And a lot of those, like in primary time, when he ran in the primary the last time, yep. I supported uh, Tina Freitas. Mm-hmm. Um, she would have done a much better job than Emmett has even attempted oh, yeah. to do. Absolutely. Um, her husband is Nick Freitas, who's a, um, a elected state official up in Culpeper. Um, and you also know, he's 82nd airborne like yourself. <laughs> I had to mention You're dang that. Right. He's a fellow paratrooper. He's a brother. So, um, you know, he, um, uh, she's been around the, the system in Virginia for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just a smart lady. We and should have her on here sometime. We should, yeah. we should. She started keeping bees lately. Have you seen it? Bees. Yeah. She's got a couple of beehives now. She's, uh, why? They well, sting. the bee, the bee is one of the most, see, here we go getting off track. The bee is one thing in our ecosystem that if they completely disappear, it could kill all of us. I'm, I'll if take that chance. It throws it completely out of balance. I'll take that chance. So she started keeping honeybees lately. She actually has her own little uh, TikTok channel now where she shows her caring for the bees. And uh, really, I've thought about doing the same thing. Yeah. I cared for some bees in my backyard. They're dead now. <laughs> Not yellow jackets. We're talking about honeybees, things that are actually productive in our I, I'll in take our my world. chance without bees. Yeah. Well, anyway, so, um, yeah. So, uh, but when she ran against him, mm-hmm. it was in a Republican primary. It yeah. wasn't the general election. It was mm-hmm. the primary. And every piece of mail that I got supporting Emmett Hanger, every one of those little annoying cards that fill up your mailbox at election time, Every one of those four-color, high-gloss, high-dollar, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mailers that sing the praises or, or preach the lies of uh, some politicians, they were all paid for by Democratic PACs. Gee, I wonder why. Financial organizations. If you look on them in Virginia, I'm not sure if it's like that in every state. I believe it is. But I know in Virginia, you have to put your campaign committee's information on mm-hmm. the piece of promotion promotional material they send out mm-hmm. whoever your organization is so if you if you go and find that little fine print in the bottom corner of the card to see who sent it out and go easily google it you can see who sent you that card and if they claim to be a republican but they're coming from a democrat pack or they come from a democrat source mm-hmm. then you know your best bet is probably to vote for their opponent yeah that's true because the democrats are not going to support that republican as hard as they did and put out Tens of thousands of dollars on mailers mm-hmm. if they didn't believe that that opponent is really truly a conservative that will uphold conservative Republican values. Right. Yeah. What, what Democrat PAC is going to want to support a Republican unless, unless it works in their favor. Sure. And, and he is working in their favor in a lot of cases. Absolutely. That's, you know, and you got to watch in primaries. That happens all the time, especially yeah. in primaries. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I, I have a, a guy that here in our town that I know fairly well. Um, we did scouting together for many years. Uh, somebody who I'm greatly appreciative for everything they've done for scouting, and he's really a good guy. I have no personal issue with him at all. Somebody that um, I th- actually think very highly of. It, we just don't agree on politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, um, um, I mean, this man has donated a huge part of his life for Boy Scouts, so he's He's definitely a caring person, you know, and he, he means what he does. Um, but I'll, I, I'll never forget, I saw a post from him on Facebook um, during that Freitas hanger uh, uh, primary mm-hmm. talking about going out and voting for Emmett Hanger. Yeah, go vote for Emmett Hanger in the primary. Do like me. Support Emmett Hanger in the primary. So I messaged him back on the post. I said, so if, you, if he wins the primary, does that mean you're going to vote for him in the general election in November? 
chirp, 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 chirp. I'm sure. <laughs> it didn't hear a word back from him. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just called him out. I knew what he was doing. He's, you know, supporting the more moderate, almost more liberal yeah. candidate who had tagged himself as a Republican because they've been having no, no Republican in my eyes. Yeah. Well, I'm sure your friend voted Democrat that election. Oh, sure he, he did. Just trying oh, absolutely. To, trying to influence. It's, it's like with, uh, for example, right now we have a race here in the 6th District for, for, for congressmen. He's big buddies with a guy I'm running against for city council. Oh. oh. <laughs> ah, okay. Always a connection in there somewhere. Light bulb went out. Yeah. But like so, here, yeah, in right. our sixth district, we have yeah. uh, you know we have Ben Klein, yes, uh, who's, awesome a, guy. who's a good friend of ours, yes, um, love Ben Klein, yep. love him to death, uh, and he's running uh, his challenger. He is, yes, he's a genuine dude, yeah, and nice he's guy. Not a, and he's not a genuine guy. He's a genuine dude. He's a genuine dude. He's a genuine yeah. dude. Yeah, I'll tell you, I've had good experience <laughs> with him, even prof- personally, even professionally, where I've had to call his office on some things. Yeah, he's come through for his constituents. Sure, he's in it for the right reasons. He is. Um, unassuming, just a great guy yeah. or great dude. Um, <laughs> his challenger is a guy named Merritt Hale. Yeah. And so one of the things that's going on right now is there, there's been some, some discussion on social media of, uh, liberals coming out and wanting, you know, here, backstory in our district, the, the Democrats do not have a primary. It's the Republicans who only have a primary yeah. this year, Yeah. which means that the Democrats in Virginia or in the sixth district can all vote in our primary if they so choose to. Sure. Okay, so because of that, there's chatter that uh, we've got Democrats who want to go and they want to vote for Merritt Hale to make sure that Ben yep. Klein loses. Now, number yeah. one, Ben's pretty strong here in the sixth. Yeah, I mean, unless every Democrat turns out and votes for Merritt Hale, that that strategy does not work. Well, I tell you what, I'll be the if for some reason every Democrat in the district comes out and votes for Merritt Hale, mm-hmm. I will be the Biggest drum beaten cheerleader for Ben Klein on a write in vote in November. I've already voted for Ben. So, yeah. I was vote number one in our city. I, saw, I, saw, I, heard, I heard that. So, my wife and I went down uh, Friday because if, if you know, this if is you for the primary. The primary, yeah. So, yeah. In, in, in case y'all don't know, here in Virginia, um, the, the Democrats, in their infinite wisdom, decided to expand voting from election day to election day plus 45 days. Or minus 45 days. So you have 45 days of early voting before Election Day. Yes. And so on day one, I went down about 11 o'clock in the morning. You know, polls open at 6. I was like, oh, I'll get down there at some point. And we get down there. And we're, we spent like an hour talking to the lady, the, the poll watcher. <laughs> get, I get to the machine to put my ballot in. And it says zero, 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 zero. And I'm like, am I the first? She goes, yeah, you're the first. I'm like, holy cow. I am the first <laughs> voter in Waynesboro in this early election. But that's what it takes. Yeah. Be willing to get out and be that first person. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, but, but anyway, you know, we have, we have, we have a good race going on here, but we have a good, we have a good candidate in Ben Klein. Love Ben. And so, um, you, but then you get somebody like um, uh, uh, Emmett Hanger, who is very questionable. With Ben, to we say don't. the least. Yeah, we don't have to question Ben's voting record. Yeah. Ben votes very conservative. Yeah. In fact, just recently, was it uh, in Russia? They actually sees on the list of people that were sanctioned by Putin. Oh yeah, was Emmett Hanger on that list? I don't, I don't remember <laughs> if I saw that on there. <laughs> but, but, uh, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I jest, but seriously, yeah. Ben's on that list. But to me, that 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 that's a that, that's a feather for his cap. Absolutely, that tells me whatever it is you're doing, keep, keep on, keep doing it. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and unless we take advantage of the rights given to us in this country. 
under our Constitution, then, you know, what is happening today on the national scene is just going to just, you know, grow tenfold. I mean, things like now they've gone so far as to these spoiled, rotten little children who, even though there's not been an official decision on the Mississippi case yet, um, they've started going to the Supreme Court justices' homes, you know, and protesting. And according to the White House, it's not violence towards them unless unless it's towards a Democrat, I guess, where words are violent. But, you know, the fact that our country has got to the point where Democrats are meddling with the election, because that's what it is, you know, by supporting uh, um, uh, somebody in a primary just so the other person won't win, mm-hmm. or, you know, passing laws that are not being enforced, you know, because it's Ill- it's illegal for you to protest at a, at, or to try to influence the decision of a court. Yeah. And that's exactly what these protesters are doing at these people's houses. I mean, these people are, they're, they're irrational, they're hysterical, and right now the majority of people that you see on both liberal and conservative news channels, as well as, as foreign news uh, outlets, if people in foreign countries look at their news and see those people and think that's what Americans are, Holy crap, am I embarrassed? Yeah, I agree. You know, so uh, it all starts with your local elections. Well, you kind of on, on the whole protest thing, I was, I was reading an article on Newsmax about it, and, and they talked about the protesters who were showing up to the justices' houses. They're only showing up to the conservative justices. Of course. Okay. Of uh, course. Including John Roberts, which I'm... Kind of wondering why they showed up at this house because because he's the Emmett Hanger of the Supreme Court. I mean, it's not like John Roberts votes re- Republican or conservative. No, no, he, no he sides with Sonia Sotomayor and the rest of them half the time. Yeah, but they're not targeting Democrats; they're targeting no. Republicans. So we yeah. got we we clip a clear case of discrimination going on here. Political sure. discrimination, political really. discrimination. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, but it's very class it's not even classy to protest in front of somebody's house look we we no. can all disagree on something okay but let's do it with respect okay it's a supreme court justice yeah go protest on the steps of the supreme court sure okay but when you show up to their house it's like our city council if i if i disagree with one of our city council members do i need to go to his house knock on his door and tell him how i feel no mm. it's his home you go to city council yeah you know we we've always said that we are a more America, you know, American politics is supposed to be a little more civilized. Now, when I say <laughs> yeah. more civilized, when you go in some countries in in, uh, in Asia mm-hmm. and Europe, I mean, they get in full on fistfights. Yeah, maybe we need to get a little bit of that around here. You know, because Perhaps. if I'm a Supreme Court justice and you roll up on my front yard. Somebody's going to jail. Another news, uh, Chief Justice uh, Lee Jim Wood was seen beating up protesters out front yeah, of his house. No, I mean, that's 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 so un, uncivilized, yeah. you know, to go to somebody's house because then now you're threatening the family. And listen, let me tell you, I, you know, I grew up, my dad was a cop for 30 years, 30 years as a police officer. Um, and this is good old mountain cops, too. This mm-hmm. is There's still a lot of mountain justice involved. If you don't know what mountain justice is, well, you ain't ever really been in trouble in the wrong place. <laughs> um, you know, uh, if you had a difference with somebody, the cops would encourage you to settle it so they didn't have to. Oh, uh, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the story uh, somebody told when my dad died. Um, 
we were up till three or four o'clock in the morning. All them old cops were up after the funeral at, the, at my mom's house and just telling stories. My dad's kind of a legendary person back home. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he didn't take no crap from nobody. And um, it was funny because apparently he, he got a call about two guys who'd been fighting over a girl. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he uh, um, said they, th- they told him they had weapons. They're going to kill each other. Oh, my God. Hysterical phone call. Hysterical phone call. Um, so sure enough, my dad went up on top of this old strip mine where they were supposed to be. And sure enough, that's, that's where they were. Them two old boys were sitting there. Um, the guy that used to ride with my dad all the time, uh, Jeff Rose, he was a, uh, he was, uh, my dad's assistant chief. My dad was chief of police. Um, and he said, uh, and Jeff was telling the story. He said, you know, he got up there and he said, them two old boys were sitting on the tailgate of the truck, sitting there just talking. He said, your dad got out of the car nice and easy, walked up to him, said, what's the problem? They said, nothing, sir. He goes, don't tell me nothing. He said, you know, I got a call at you up here. You've been fighting over a girl. I'm tired of hearing it. And said, they started, one boys look, started looking scared. And he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You got any weapons? Boys said, no. He said, I'm going to search the truck. Yes, sir. He searched trucks. No weapons up there whatsoever. It was just the two of them in their trucks. And he said, uh, uh, according to Jeff, he told him, he said, now listen. He said, one of you's got the girl. The other girl wants the girl. I said, he said, I'm, I'm. Driving off this mountain, I'll be back in 30 minutes. Y'all figure out who gets the girl, and I don't ever want to hear this again, or I will figure out who gets the girl. <laughs> wow. They said 30 minutes later, they drove back up on that old mine site and said the truck was gone until the boys were gone and never heard another word about it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> they knew that the law was the final word. Yeah. You know, so as a kid who grew up with a dad like that for 30 years as a cop, mm-hmm. um, being a hard headed kid like myself, you know, we, we butted heads a time or two. Um, but it was, you know, he was still the final word, you know, um, when it comes down to it, there's the law anymore is not like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, especially and the Republicans are not like that. You know, if, when my dad said something, he meant it, and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and lucky for us, he had pretty good judgment, and you know, he steered every, steered us all the right way on, on most of the time. Um, but if the Republicans stood up and had a spine and said, you know, we're not putting up with this this hysterical childlike fit anymore, well, it might put a curb on it. But that's the key: is we have to have a spine. And for so long, yeah. the party hasn't. Has not. I mean, not it, at all. I hate to put it this way, but remember back in 2008 when John McCain um, challenged Barack Obama for the presidency? Yes, unfortunately. Okay. It was horrible because Obama won. Well, you know, it was horrible because we didn't have a we didn't have a candidate. We didn't. Yeah. I mean, John yeah. McCain really wasn't really a Republican anyway. No. Uh, but John McCain wouldn't fight. He would not. He wouldn't get aggressive. But he's a war hero. Don't care if he went was was a, was a POW for a number of years. I'm sorry. Thank you for your service. But when it came to your your, your service in the Senate, it was poor. Yeah. And then and then you're running for president was even worse. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But what I'm getting at is that he wouldn't really challenge Obama. No. He wanted to fight this gentleman's fight. Yeah. No. no he so. was playing chess while Obama was dropping nukes. Well, see, you know, and and he had a nickname by a lot of those guys in the Hanoi Hilton, and they always referred to him as Songbird. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, You know, and and you tell a lot by the people around you. Mm -hmm. You know, you can tell what kind of person somebody's character is by the people around them. 
Um, hopefully, when you look at the people around me, you see soldiers that I serve with. You see people who uh, I work with and people who are loyal and people who know that if I tell you I've got your back, you know that it's it's a done deal no matter what. We we ride, you know, we 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 fight together, we we love together, we, you know, we enjoy life together and that's just the way it's going to be. Um the fact know. that you've let me into your circle, I question <laughs> your your mental abilities. Well, I'm you got to get charitable know. every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't but walk into that. <laughs> you kind of did, yeah. Um, you know, well, uh, I'm a charity case now. No, you're not a charity, you case, a charity case. But you tried to back me in the corner. I got to come out <laughs> fighting, man. That's the way it works. <laughs> you came out swinging. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <coughs> excuse me. You know, it's we have to learn, and when, and when I say secure your perimeter, it it there's a whole lot of things that encompass inside of that that perimeter, you know, and that includes the people that you're gonna you're gonna. I hate to use the cliche, but you know, ride or die with. Mm-hmm. And my boys that you know that I I served in combat with, you know, they know that I'm there. Um, but there's people right now on our city council, who you know, when you talk to the people that they used to work with, they go. Yeah, that dude is the absolute last person you want watching your six. Mm-hmm. You listen to what the people say that was close to him for a long period of time, because they're going to give you they're going to give you the truth, right? You know, um, so I, you know, it's you you live your resume. You do. You know, I told somebody one time. I said, you know. There's only one thing on this planet that we really are living for. You know, and you can say family, and sure, that's fine. My wife, my kids, they mean everything to me. You know, my, my family down home, you know, I would do anything for them. All they have to do is let me know what's needed to be done. Yep. You know, but really you live for one thing. What's your obituary going to say? That's true. You know, and we talked about this at work one day, and one of the guys started laughing. And he goes, holy crap, we're going to have to take out a full page for you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But they know that they can count on me. Yeah. You know, I've had a lot of experiences in life, and I've never uh, never purposely went out of my way to do anybody wrong, mm-hmm. and I've always done everything I could to help people. And I think I get that from my dad. You know, some of that good old mountain justice, it's there because right is right and wrong is wrong. Mm-hmm. And if the people around you, the people, listen, when my dad died, it was a huge funeral. The people, people he put in jail, the people he put in prison, mm-hmm. and the people he bought their Thanksgiving dinner for him. Because they couldn't afford it. You know, my old man was known as Santa Claus when he got to be older. Because starting around September, he would start going out and collect broken bicycles. And for the last part of summer and all through fall, he would take those bicycles and steal parts off one to fix another one. And by Christmas Eve, he'd have about 100 bicycles in his front yard. Wow. And kids got bicycles for Christmas that couldn't afford to get anything else. That's awesome. You know. So, you know, when, when my old man passed away, he was a big Harley rider, loved riding his motorcycles. There was a, a funeral procession of motorcycles that was so long that we stood at the cemetery for, golly, 45 minutes mm. watching motorcycles pull in, you know. So you live to earn your obituary. And if you... um if you're unfortunate enough that you're one of those uh, classless, untrustful people who are in it for yourself, don't expect a big obituary. That's true. You know, so. They, they might put your obituary like in the comic section. 
that might be actually a request of mine, honestly. <laughs> Can you put underneath Snoopy? And, and right, uh, right before Beetle Bailey. <laughs> he was my favorite. Those are my two favorites. So I'll keep that in mind when you pass away. <laughs> We're taking out a full page uh, in in the in the comic section. In the comic section, That's and right. it has to be drawn. Yes. All Here, right. Here's Jim, big character caricature face. <laughs> That's too funny. But, but, but would but be fitting. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah. But, but you're right, though, in terms of the, the people that you associate with and yeah. you surround yourself with. Because if you associate yourself with people of questionable character, yeah. you're going to become a person of questionable character. Absolutely. You Guilty know, by association. My wife and I were talking this morning we were, while our uh, plumber was doing some work. We were talking about um, you know, people not following the law yeah. and, and why they don't follow the law. You know, yeah. A lot of people, in my opinion, don't have morals. You know, they, they, they have no religion. They, they have not, they have no moral compass. Right. And so they can walk into a Nordstrom's and then go steal a $900 Gucci purse. Yeah. Because the law is not going to, pro- the law says you can't, but they're not going to prosecute you now. So oh it's God. okay to break the law. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's just say you want to go do that. You're typically not going to do it by yourself. You're going to have an accomplice with you. If you're hanging out with somebody mm-hmm. of questionable character, you're going to do questionable things. Sure. And like, I try to live my life as best I can with people I know that are not going to steer me the wrong way. Yeah. We don't always agree on religion. We don't always agree on politics, but the people I try to surround myself with are people that are going to give me, if they're, if they're, if they're Christians, they're going to give me godly advice. Sure. If they're not, if they're not believers or they're weak believers, or I know they're, I know they're going to give me good, solid advice. Honest advice. Honest advice. Yeah. Not they, they know where I stand with things. They're not yeah. going to lead me down the wrong path. Yep. And I think if people really did that, you would see better people of character. You'd see more respect for other people. Sure. You know, we don't, we don't have any of that today. None. That's why we have the protesters going to a Supreme Court justice's house. Perfect example. Dave Chappelle. Yes. Dave Chappelle here recently was attacked on stage at the mm-hmm. Hollywood Bowl yep. in, in California. Um, a transgender, whatever he labels him itself as, um, jumped up on the stage and went and attacked him, which was a bad mistake uh-huh. because he didn't jump back in the crowd. See, that would have been the smart thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Instead, after he tackled Dave Chappelle, he jumped up and ran backstage where he was pursued by Dave Chappelle, Jamie Foxx, and a host of security people. And the next thing you see is a picture of this dude putting putting on a gurney, putting in put into a ambulance, and he got the shit beat out of him. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you know. But this guy jumped on t- on stage in the middle of a show, attacked somebody because they made some jokes about transgender people. Mm-hmm. Now the c- district attorney in Los Angeles, Garcon has already made it very well known that he is not going to prosecute crimes like that, which would normally be a felony. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he had a knife that was shaped like a gun in his hand, so it was assault with a deadly weapon, which is a felony. Instead, though, they dropped the charge down to a misdemeanor, of which he'll get a little bit of fine for. Maybe. So do you think... Here, riddle me this Batman. Don't do that again. <laughs> do you think that dude actually is going to learn anything from... Okay, that was a little late, but yes. Uh, well, you know, uh, that's your 
That's your department. Not I mine. knew it was there. I just yeah. too lazy to reach over there and push the button. <laughs> I'm comfortable leaning back of the chair like this. Okay, on with your question. But the question is, do you think that that idiot is going to learn from his actions? Of course not. No. Are you kidding? He's going to be on the every alternative lifestyle magazine cover website. Um, you know, he's going to be uh, Times Man of the Year, probably that magazine, uh, possibly. You know, yeah. I mean, so he yeah, no, work he, was so why not this dude? Well, you know, he's just the vision of toxic masculinity, Oof, dripping, <laughs> dripping with toxic masculinity. You know, and that, and you know what, that touches on something that's you know, half of that word is okay, and we need to learn um, that masculinity is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of masculinity took out that idiot backstage. That's right. They handled a business, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, business, business. They, business. they handled a business, uh-huh. business, business. Yeah. I'm too Caucasian for that. Yeah, but, you can't sound black. Yeah. Business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Biden black, so I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but are you politically black? Dude, I don't know what I am anymore. I'm just, I'm just Dwight. Okay. You know, you know? Yeah. I'm not the dude who showed up in city council day in a skirt. That's who I'm not. There was a dude at city council on the skirt. Did I miss something? Did you not see him? No. I looked at you. We made eye contact. And I thought there was like, we were exchanging a message there. I was just gazing into your beautiful brown eyes. Okay. Well, that <laughs> needs to stop. Okay. <laughs> you, you need to man up now. Yeah. So there was the, the dude. Giggity. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't turn me loose with the soundboard. Stop touching it. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to. Um, no, I uh, did not see that. Yeah, so he walked in, I don't know, right after the meeting started, and the dude was in a skirt. This, the dude had a beard and was in a skirt. Dude on the far left with the ponytail. Yes. I saw that, but I didn't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not, not a kilt. Listen. A skirt. <laughs> and I think a kilt is a skirt, but this was definitely a skirt. It's more like a sarong. Okay, that just sounded wrong coming out of your mouth. It was so wrong. It had to be right. It was, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, today I, I went and picked up lunch for the guys at the store. And, in your uh, skirt? Um, no, it was, in, it was in the laundry. Um, oh, okay, good. Yeah, no, I, uh, I went through the drive-thru at uh, Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. You know, that uh, homophobic place that serves chicken? Yeah, it's God's food. Uh, yeah, apparently. Uh, but, you know, the little transgender guy at the window was happy to hand me my chicken and my root beer. You, you say, my pleasure. <laughs> you are not good at that. No, I am not. I'm... And you should revel in that fact. <laughs> okay, so I'm not good at acting like that. I'm not good at air drumming. Those are two things I do not have skills at. Yeah. So far, you're not hurting your career choices. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, so are we in a new world? Yes, we are. You know, no different than the new world. Oh my God, I was a Kiss fan growing up when I was a kid. That was the right era of the time. All of us that were 10 and 12 years old loved Kiss, you know, the, the rock band Kiss. Gene I, I love to Kiss. Wrong type. Oh, okay. Gotcha. You know, because they were like cartoonish and comic bookish and, and they were fun and they, they sang songs about girls. And, mm. you know, I was at the age where I like girls and you know, I was learning to like girls. And, oh, my God, my mom was thought I was worshiping the devil. <laughs> you know, so every generation goes through it. And I'm, I'm, I don't know if this is what we're going through as our generational change, but um, I would rather listen to the Kiss Destroyer album then paint my fingernails a nice frosty color and make sure my hair's up in the right bun. 
Not that I have any hair. Oh, I, no, I, actually, I, I rubbed your head tonight for good luck. Yeah, did it work? Uh, it's still to be determined. Oh, uh, you got to buy a lottery ticket. Oh, that's how it works. <laughs> or bet on the long shot of the Kentucky Derby. Tell me how that worked out for you. Um, I bet $5 on the long shot. You always bet the long shot. What is wrong with people? Yeah, and did you win? Fall hunt a dollar. It's here somewhere. Nope, too late. Oh, crap, I missed yeah, it. Yeah, you should have been prepping. You missed it. You I missed did. the button. Well, That's congratulations. Right. Hey, man, you know, it's the only time I bet a year is on the Kentucky Derby. Uh-huh. And I don't bet a whole lot, just a few bucks here and there and spread it out a little bit. Yep. Um, but yeah, every now and then you get lucky. And I always bet the long shot. I always bet the gray horse for good luck. And I always bet the number of the race that's racing, the number of the horse that's the same meets the same number as the race. Right. So the Kentucky Derby is the twelfth race, so you bet on the number twelve horse. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, but five dollars was a, was a good investment. It sounds like it. It was. So it's you know, better than investing in Bitcoin or a four hundred one k right now. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? But you shouldn't. They should have never gave that horse the inside rail because it was ornery and ready to, ready to run. You show me the video before we started again yeah. to watch that horse go from dead last to oh, yeah. first in a matter of seconds. And you know, the story was the horse was not supposed to be in the Derby. Really? Yeah. It was like 24th on the list. And they only took 20 horses. Okay. And, um, a couple of horses backed out, two horses scratched. So they kept moving up the list and they, uh, the owner of the horse actually said that, uh, about uh, 15 minutes before the deadline mm-hmm. to get your entry in, if you were eligible, um, he had already texted all of his close circle of friends and said, yeah, 15 minutes to go. We didn't make it. Not this year. Maybe we'll be in next year's Derby. They said within like five minutes of that, they got the message. The trainer got the message and called him and goes, we're in, we're in, we're in. So they had to submit some, uh, uh, an entry form and some information. Right. And they actually got the entry form in. It was clocked in at 30 seconds before the deadline. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And that horse was actually put up in a, uh, I can't remember what they call it, a race. Um, you know, uh, if you get horses that they don't think are going to amount to anything, mm-hmm. they can put it up in a special type of race. And this one was a, a $30,000 winner-take-all race. Mm-hmm. So if whatever horse won... If somebody wanted to buy this horse, the price is $30,000. Okay. The horse won that race. Mm-hmm. And the guy who bought the horse bought it for $30,000. In one race, it won $1.8 million. Oh, jeez. So I made $400 on $5. This dude made $1.7 on a $30,000 investment. I think he came out better than I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so if you get rid of all the zeros, <laughs> that means that a $3 investment for him yeah. would have netted him... Was it one thousand seven hundred dollars? Yeah. yeah. So, wow. So he did, he came out a lot better than I did, but you know the one who really I think the one who really won the most was the jockey, yeah. Sonny Leon, because he, he had never rode in the Derby before. Uh, a young jockey from South America, young family, mm-hmm. pretty wife, little girl was there. Mm-hmm. Um, seemed like a real good dude, and uh, um, yeah. So now he's going to be. He's he's immediately going to move to the top echelon of of jockeys uh, that race in America. Oh, I'm sure. So he will. good for him, man. That's that's the American dream. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, especially when you're like you know four foot two. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> now them jockeys, man. Those guys are highly skilled. Highly skilled. They are. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it was a good Derby weekend, man. I you know, my wife's family has a horse farm or did have a horse farm. They're mm-hmm. older now and they don't really work it too much. Um. They still have some horses there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
more family horses. Um, I had never really been around horses a lot. I've been around them some, but not a lot um, until me and my wife, my, my wife met back in the early nineties. And um, I remember the first time they took me to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. And for some guy who didn't know anything about horses, I sat down and I, I read the tra- the racing form. Mm-hmm. And the racing form will tell you everything. If, you know, this horse runs better on mud, this is his last 10 races, this is the condition of the track, the temperature, where they finished. You know, it, it gives you all that. And you just look at the environment you're in and kind of match everything up. And um, I think I took like $30 to bet. Mm-hmm. And I came home with several hundred. Wow. And, I, you know, it was like, oh, it's beginner's luck, you know. Um, but yeah, I won. That was uh, the year Thunder Gulch won, and I, I won some good money on Thunder Gulch. So that's um, pretty good. Yeah, so I've been into this thing ever since, and it's there's horse racing everywhere, but mm-hmm. uh, you know the Derby's such a pageant. Mm-hmm. If you've never been to the Kentucky Derby, holy crap! That's it's 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 an adult fun. Put it that way. I've always wanted to go. I'm not into horse racing, but watching it on TV, and I've watched it in the past. Mm-hmm. Not. All the festivities, just, you know, the main race. just you Most know. exciting two minutes in yeah. sports. And it looks, people are dressed up and they're having oh, their awesome. mint juleps. Yeah. And they got their hats on crooked and they uh, got their, their they, they all look like they're dressed to the nines. And oh, yeah. It'd be kind of cool just to go one time to be able to see it. Yeah. But, but I got to correct the record. I made a mistake. Apparently, I can't do math this late at night. But a $30,000 investment to make $1.7 million is mm. the equivalent of betting $3 and winning one hundred and seventy. So technically, you got a better ratio in your win. I did, didn't I? You did. But I didn't get a better final total. No, you didn't. But you should feel good <laughs> about yourself that your ratio is better than his. Yeah. Well, I just always bet the long shot. He should just be like you. If he had just taken your your way of thinking, yeah, he could have made a lot more money. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time just I've so. had a long shot win <laughs> in all the years I've been betting. But it paid off. So I'm good. You know, usually it's a $5 bet every sure. year so. I may fun. have broke even, but it's fun. You, you didn't do it to uh, pay the bills or to put food on the table. Yeah, I didn't take any money away from my family budget or my son's school or my son's, you know, um, college lifestyle. Uh, you know, um, your, your dog looked a little famished, though. Yeah, well, I want to buy her some food. Yeah, she got in trouble. I caught her on the furniture, so she's been punished. Oh, um, yeah. So um, you know, it's uh, it's just it's just fun, and you know. The, the good Lord above has blessed me in in my years now to where I can take a few dollars and bet it like that if I want to. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's like that. When you find people who sign their paycheck over knowing they got a wife and kids at home needing groceries, then that's an issue. That's a problem. But, you know, the few little dollars that I bet here and there just on the Kentucky Derby, I really don't even bet the Preakness or the uh, the Belmont, the two, other two of the Triple Crown. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, being responsible. So you're saying I shouldn't bet my entire paycheck because I just did? Um, no, you should just take your paycheck and just give it to me. Oh, is that a better investment? I'm sure it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's the rate of return on that? I give you like ten bucks back. Oh, dude, that sounds like a great yeah. investment. That's that's better than your losing it all on the horse track. Yeah. So I tell you what, next year Kentucky Derby, let's go. Let's do it. Let's take the wives and go. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be uh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. We the um, so. With the price of tickets, we better start saving now. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> thousand for her, thousand for me. But you know, that's such you. a great story, though. That's the American story of, of Sonny Leon coming to this country and mm-hmm. and finding great success right off the bat. That's that's it's the American dream. Well, you said it was his very first race. No, it was his first Kentucky, Kentucky Derby. Kentucky race. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's what I meant. Yeah, because actually, yeah. the day before, he was at another track racing. You know, 
at a small track where a lot of bets are made and mm-hmm. you, you got those greasy guys with the scars and, you know, things mm-hmm. of the stereotypes you see on TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. He raced six races that day and had no clue that the very next day he was going to be at Churchill Downs in the Derby. Had no wow. clue until that course got called up. All right. So with him racing the other horses, were they attached to the same owner? No. Okay, so he's just like a contract guy. He just goes yeah. wherever. Okay, yeah. I see. Yeah, pretty much. But he'll be racing this same horse in the the Belmont and the sure, Preakness. Sure, he will now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. I mean, he just won the equivalent of the NBA championship. This is the Super Bowl yeah. uh, of horse racing or the the uh, Daytona 500 in NASCAR. Absolutely. He ought to just retire. He, top of his <laughs> game, I retire. I came in this country last year. I got the Super Bowl. I'm done. <laughs> Peace out, well, yo. <laughs> but you know that's that that's what you know that's what America people come to this country looking for, you know, is that American dream. And we've got too many people who are in it for themselves. Yeah, that are robbing a lot of people of that American dream. And you know, we talk about those people who have gone through unchecked and unbalanced for so long that mm-hmm. they're doing nothing but trying to feather their own nest. And sure. uh, you know, that's that's what people need to get involved from the local level on up to eliminate those problems like we have here in our town, uh, eliminate those, uh, Emmett hangers, uh, eliminate those AOCs, those, uh, uh Nancy Pelosi's and Chucky e. Schumer's, you know? So, uh, we could all, you know, is that American dream is, is there any such thing as the utopia that the liberals want? Absolutely not. But there is there something as the American dream where you can raise your family and live your life and be comfortable. There is, if you want to work for it, and you don't have somebody working so hard against you, too. And as an American citizen born in this country, it, it kind of warms my heart to see an immigrant like the, that 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 jockey. Yeah, go from nothing. Yeah, to overnight is a oh, yeah. is a star, is a sensation. Yeah, they made a comment about him being an unknown yesterday. Yeah, and the owner said, "Yeah, everybody in the world knows who Sonny Leone is now." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and what's cool about it, you know, in that same vein, you know, as you know, I'm a big M- NBA fan. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Golden State Warriors is a kid named uh, Jordan Poole. Yeah, and uh, Jordan Poole came in the league, good player, but not, not you know, he's not a Michael Jordan. He's not a LeBron yeah. James. Not a Steph Curry. He's, he was just going to be. He's a worker bee. Yeah, he was just a worker. That's all yeah. he was going to be, right? Well, he eventually figured out that he wasn't working at his potential. And so in the off season, he worked hard. He got you know, COVID hit and they couldn't do a whole bunch of things. And when, when COVID finally came, they finally were allowed to practice again. It was him. The story goes, it was him and his trainer by themselves in a gym. Yeah. Just working on everything to improve his game yeah. from he shot right hand. Now he can shoot left-handed yeah. trying everything to improve, improve his game. COVID is over. League starts. The dude off the bench averages like 21 points a game. <laughs> I mean, but here you have a yeah. kid who nobody knew. No, okay, whatever. You're drafted. Great. You you, you kind of suck, so we don't really care. To now, it's like, oh, my gosh, off the bench. Yeah. You're averaging 20-something points a game. You're contributing like nobody's business. And you, but what you, you're seeing somebody go from nothing to working hard to accomplish what they want, to accomplish their American dream. Yeah. That, that's just really cool to see. Yeah. He wasn't he he wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He had to work yeah. hard for what he had. You know? <laughs> yeah. I got I got friends uh in Nashville, Los Angeles and places where Me too. Um well you should have friends there. <laughs> You're there all the time. Um but they're in the music business. Say me too. Yeah, me too. I know. Um you know, um who, I, I met one of them last night. <laughs> a lot of them uh that I talk to and I deal with, um, you know, from my history with them. Um, 
one in particular who uh, played for a couple of different American Idol alumni, mm-hmm. you know, and always bitched and griped and hated stuff like um, uh, uh, The Voice or um, American Idol, stuff like that, because these are musicians who have went out and technically paid their dues, you know, and they they hate those people who get the shortcut. I've worked so hard my whole life, and I'm just now getting here. And Now, you know, they do one TV show, and they're here. Well, you know, life isn't always fair. Suck mm-hmm. it up, buttercup. Right. What you're seeing on American Idol, you know, is, well, number one, you're seeing the music business eat people alive mm-hmm. because their management contracts and stuff, You, well, the things you don't see behind the scenes really just take advantage of these kids who are just chasing their dream. But that's what they're doing. They're chasing their dream. And you're watching. You get the opportunity to sit back and watch somebody's dream come to fruition. Not everybody gets that long career in the music business or in the acting business or in the entertainment business as a whole. You only may get that uh, Andy Warhol 15 minutes, but you get to witness that 15 minutes, man. I mean, just to watch the joy in somebody's face and you can feel how, you know, they are so excited that they're living their dream for that particular moment, you know, for other people in the same business to hate on them absolutely boggles my mind because if you worked as hard trying to help make them more successful, that means you're going to be more successful. Right. And so many of those Nashville musicians, Los Angeles musicians, you know, just absolutely bitch and gripe. But as soon as one calls and says, Hey, can you play on my album? Sure. I can. You know, that stuff right there just burns me up. Because it's all about them. It's all about them. Exactly. And unfortunately, there's too much of that. And uh, there's some of those, um, you know, um, I've been friends for a long time with a young man who uh, performed on American Idol and has now got a great career. Mm-hmm. And he's just a genuine dude, as genuine could be. When you see him on TV, when you hear him on the radio, when you meet him in person, um, you know, um, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he's he's just he's just a really good good dude. It was funny. I told somebody right here one time. I was like, "Yeah, we've been friends for years," and he ended up playing fairly local. Mm-hmm. And so I called. They got you know got tickets, all that stuff. We went to went to the show, and they always were kind of skeptical. Sure, you know him. Sure, you do. You know, and then we we went backstage after the show and uh, went over to the bus and beat on the door. And he opened the door and saw me and his eyes got big and he jumped off the steps of the bus with his arms around my neck, screaming and hollering. And I turned around and the people that were with me that was like, sure you do. They just got a hang red. (laughs) I was like, I told you. But, you know, they said the same thing when we left. He's a genuine guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's funny, those same people who hated on him for so long, always hated on him behind his back. Mm-hmm. You know, you are the company you keep. Yeah. That's what, that's yeah. what makes me think of it because just like we talk about local politicians, when you talk to their former, you know, coworkers, when you talk to them, you know, and, and you see what those opinions are, you're guilty by association. Yeah. And eventually that rises to the top and people get tired of your bitter little attitude. That's true. And it's time to write you out of our life. You know, your story kind of reminds me of Chris Stapleton. 
Really? So a little bit because country music superstar yeah, Chris exactly. Stapleson. But Tennessee you, you, whiskey. What'd you stop singing for? Because I can't sing. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was gonna let you keep singing if you want. No, you don't pull me into that trap. But you know, Chris Stapleton, if you look at his career, here's yeah. a guy who basically and I'm not in a country I'm not into country music. Okay. I have a few of his songs. My daughter likes a lot of his music and stuff. Great singer. Great, great singer. But for a long time he was just a songwriter. Yeah. This is a guy who toiled for years and yep. years in obscurity, writing songs for people. Yeah. Willie and, Nelson was the same way. And suddenly, you know, seven years ago, his his first album hits like platinum. Yeah. And now he's like the number one country music singer in America. Sure. Yeah. But he worked hard to get there. Yeah. You know, and, and like you said, it, it's a hard industry to, to make it. There's sure. so many people out there that want to become singers, you know, this is not like, you know, 80 years ago, back like in the Diana Ross days and stuff where you had a, a small number of singers and, and you probably could do fairly well. Yeah. Today, every, YouTube and Facebook and all these social media platforms have made, quote unquote, singers out of everybody. Yeah. So you're competing against the entire world now, not oh, just yeah. competing against someone in your local area. Yeah. But for someone like Chris, who, and again, I'm not a big country music fan, but to, to see his career blossom because of the hard work he did. Yeah. And then the other thing I like about it too is, um, and I'll say right now, I've, I've had a chance to, um, I, I've met Chris Stapleton and his wife. Um, I think he's a name he's a, dropper. I, I'm a name dropper. Um, I think he's a great guy. What's really kind of cool is that they sing together. Oh yeah. And yeah. I didn't know that. And so I got to go to a, a Chris Stapleton concert several years ago. And like I said, I've, I've got a chance to meet him and his wife and, um, at the concert, I did not know they sang together until I got to that concert. And then I see her standing kind of behind him. Yeah. Singing as a backup singer. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, I told my wife, I said, honey, that's that that's Chris's wife. Yeah. They sing together. Sure. They're sharing this entire ad- adventure together. Not yeah. just with having kids, having a family, but he, his career. Yeah. And it's, it's just really uplifting to see that. When you see a genuine person. You do. You yes. know, when you know that you, when you look at, there's some bands out there and, and, and we didn't get off on a mean to get off on a music conversation, yeah. but you know, it's all about the character of a person, Yes, whether it's politics, whether it's a boss or a coworker or a musician, you know, we both have had years, um, in, in, in and around the music business. So we, we know a lot of these people, we've seen a lot of these people, um, you know, it's, you see how they treat their band, you see how they treat their coworkers, their management, um, you know, I've, I've, also, I've always said that I was never the biggest Donald Trump fan. You know, everybody knows my story. Uh, the USFL, in its, in its origin, or its origin, let me say mm-hmm. that right, mm-hmm. in its origin in the early 80s was spring football. I love football, spring football. NFL was in the fall football. I had football almost all year round. Yay, me. <laughs> all right. Donald Trump came in, bought the New Jersey Generals, and wanted to move it to the fall in order to compete with the NFL, hoping to merge. All right. It didn't merge. It caused the USFL to fail and to eventually die. Mm-hmm. So I hated Donald Trump for years. Is that why you voted for Hillary Clinton? I will kill you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> threatening me. <laughs> it's late. I feel violent. I, I told you the day I had. Put your knife down, Jim. <laughs> I don't bring a knife to a gunfight, son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your knife gun. Oh, uh, yeah. Like Chappelle? Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so until I got more on board with 
Trump politically was when I became a bigger supporter of Donald Trump. But there was a period of time there where all the hell with Donald Trump. He ruined my football league, (laughs) you know, purely selfish. Mm -hmm. But I read an article um, that really changed my mind during the first uh, uh, campaign of Donald Trump for, for the presidency. And it was uh, Jesse James. I think I've told you this story before. I think you have. You know, Jesse James, he wanted Jesse James, the motorcycle car builder, custom builder, that he wanted him on The Apprentice. And um, Jesse James was like, I'm, I'm not that kind of celebrity. Now, I'm not a big fan of Jesse James, mainly because he was mean to Sandra Bullock, and I love Sandra Bullock. Who doesn't? I mean, it's, uh, Sandra, I love you. Um, <laughs> don't tell my wife. Um, anyway, um, you know, so not really my favorite. Seems to be kind of a jerk. People I know who have met him says he's kind of a jerk. And well, if you're a jerk, you're a jerk. I don't need to waste my time. Right. However, he wanted, uh, Donald Trump wanted him to be on The Apprentice. And he said, I'm not that kind of celebrity. You really don't want me. I, I, I thank you, but no thank you. A little while later, he gets a phone call. His assistant yells at him, says, you need to take this phone call. Went and took the phone call, and it was Donald Trump on the other phone. Mm-hmm. He said, I understand you turned me down for The Apprentice. He goes, well, I don't think it's my thing. Um, thank you, but no thank you. He said, at least, he said, don't say no. Let me, let me, um, let, let's meet, to, let's get together and meet, and, and let's talk about it. And well, when you want to meet, he said, I'll, I, he said, my plane's on its way to Texas now to pick you up. He said, come out, we'll go out to dinner. We'll, we'll, I'll take you to some places in New York and, and we'll talk about it. So Jesse James says, okay. He goes to the airport. Sure enough, the big Trump plane's there. He gets on the Trump plane. He flies to New York. When he gets off the plane in New York, there's a limo sitting on the tarmac. Said, uh, he started walking towards the limo. Donald Trump stepped out of that limo. Hmm. Said he was there at the airport waiting on him. He said they got to know each other on the way back to Trump Tower. They were just kind of talking, small talk, not, you know, just getting to know each other. And he said, this is where his story, what convinced him to do The Apprentice. He said, because when he got out of that limo, he walked up, the doorman opened the door. How you doing, Ed? Good to see you. Called him by his first name. Asked him about his kids. How's your wife doing? Called her by her first name. Walked inside. The people sitting there at the counter. He knew everybody's name. He stopped. He took time to stop and speak to them. Had a personal message, a personal interaction with them, talking about their wives, their husbands, their kids, what's going on in their life. How's little Billy's ball game? What happened with Joey's uh, history exam? Mm-hmm. You know, as he went to get on the elevator, he said the one that really sealed the deal was the uh, janitor. There was a guy there with a janitor cart mm-hmm. and stopped, called him by name, asked about his wife because she had a health issue. Mm. He knew the health issue and asked what he could do to help. Wow. That Donald Trump knew everybody's name. He knew something about their family and he treated his employees well. Mm-hmm. So when you hear all these political um, opponents, these people with an agenda who talk about Donald Trump, I don't believe what they say because it's all, they're politically black. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, because what Jesse James said, somebody who's not a person of what I would consider really good character from just the appearance I know of him, um, that for him to state that and say, this is what made me decide to be on the apprentice show. There's, there's a good person in there, mm-hmm. you know, um, 60 minutes this week. Um, uh, Esper, the mm-hmm. secretary of defense. Yeah. Mark Esper. Yeah. Come out with some pretty damning discussion mm-hmm. to sell that. a book. Yep. So those people in our city council, um, those people who hate those American Idol, um, 
uh, contestants who are living their dream, the Mark Espers of this world, they're all in the same category, and I don't have space for them in my life. Yeah, uh, it, it's true. You know, I think the reason a lot of them come out with that kind of stuff is because at, at Donald Trump's level, to prove defamation is a very tall order. Yeah. You know, someone like you or me, if I defame you, you defame me, we could, I mean, it's not, it's no big deal. It's not Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. Right. But if I go defame Donald Trump, I mean, it would, yeah. it's, a, it's, it'd be, it, even if I, even if they can prove I did it, it's a tall order because of his position. Sure. Right. So that's why they're all doing it. They're all, they're, they're, they're defaming him. They're yeah. using the, they're using a chaos. They're causing chaos for their yeah. own personal gain, which yeah. is why I listen to what Mark Esper said. I don't believe it either. Yeah, I Every, don't. Everything I've ever read about Donald Trump, I've read his autobiography, I've read other books about him, people seem to say the same thing. That yeah. he, that, you know, yes, he's tr- out there to make money. Yes, he can, in, in business, he's very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Okay? He's Which a New ha- Yorker. Yeah, and you have to be if sure. you're going to succeed in business. Sure. But on the personal side of things, it seems that he's a very personable person. Yeah, and this is this is not a, 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 a Donald Trump cult love fest. Nope. This is talking about being somebody of good character, yeah. you know, and, and we've talked, we were talking about the music business. Um, you know, your interactions with here recently with Chris Stapleton, um, there's a young man on YouTube who has a YouTube channel. The Jim Wood? <laughs> well, he has one too. Don't okay. forget to check it out. Um, the That's the one. The Liberty Room.com. Links, both of them linked to all the goodness of the Liberty Room and Wednesdays with Jim. However, in this particular instance, okay. and I'm going to butcher the name, I always do. His name is Leo Mariacelli. Okay. Okay. I know that's wrong. Um, he is from uh, Scandinavia. He's in, I think, Finland. Mm. I think it might be it's Sweden, Norway, one of them. I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those Viking countries. Um, well, was he a strong, toxic masculinist? No, he's fist? not. Okay. But I got turned on to one of his videos. He's he's a musician. He's oh. into metal. He likes heavy heavier rock music. Um, and he, um, it's funny. He's been putting out videos for several years now. And what he does, he does covers. He rewrites other people's song and does them. He does these funny, hilarious videos, puts them with it. Um, and he's one of those YouTube kids who... He makes a living putting videos online, and he makes a good living at it. This is the guy, the guy who does it all by himself. Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You he plays me that. all the yeah. instruments. He does all the video. He's fantastic. He does, he's incredible, and he's he's super talented. But when you watch his videos, he's always putting his friends in it. He's got a young daughter. He puts her in it. You know, there's humor to it. It's fun to it. And you read stories about him, and you see behind the scenes stuff with him. And, you know, I've got friends who have, you know, crossed paths with him. And they say he is the most genuine dude in the world. You know, so when I watch those videos and I, I, I got the opinion of people I trust, it makes me enjoy those videos that much more. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he matter of fact, uh, uh, one of my oldest, dearest friends here passed away uh, last year. And he came to visit me um, at the end of May last year. It's almost uh, almost been a year now. Um, and he died less than a month later. Um, and I, you know, just somebody I've known for God, years, 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 years. Um, his nickname was trashy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You know, um, his name is David. Uh, we all called him trashy for reasons I will not expose here tonight. Um, (laughs) but he was just, he was one of those friends I had that, you know, out of the blue, he'd call you and just go, Hey man, I just, I, I was just thinking about you. You know, completely platonic, you know, just dude friendship. And when he came to visit me, uh, I said, hey, have you ever seen this guy online? And I showed it to him. 
And I talked to him a couple of days before he died. And he goes, man, I hate you. I said, why? He said, I've been watching that Leo dude nonstop. I mean, he, that dude is awesome. And, you know, he was talking about the vibe he could feel about what, you know, that he just have so much fun, how lucky it is to, to love your job and be able to just be that relaxed and be that creative. And, you know, you can feel that vibe through, through his videos, mm-hmm. as weird as that may sound, it's kind of the same way you kind of feel about, you know, singers like Chris Stapleton that evoke emotion. Yeah. You know, you can tell a person's character by the way they tell their story. Right. You know, and, and that's, a, that's, that's infectious. Yeah, it is. And, you know, too many of our politicians, too many of our elected leaders don't understand that, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in term limits. I'm a firm believer Same that here. you have a, a short period of time to serve your community, to serve your state, um, to serve your nation um, in a, in, from a political standpoint. But the amount of pride, the, the good kind of pride, um, the amount of, of just simple joy of helping another person you know, that you can lay your head on your pillow and go to sleep at night um, by putting that vibe out and letting them know that you're genuinely about genuine about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, that's that's more than any demon that will live with you for the rest of your life, knowing you cheated the people who trusted you. Right. There's no dollar amount you can put on on doing good, doing right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I'm just. Uh, just happy that uh, me and old Trash, you got to have that one last connection before uh, sure. he went on, you know? <laughs> yeah. Good guy. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, if, if, if trying, to, trying to determine character in someone is, to me, it's not easy. You yeah. know, it needs, for me, it needs a lot of interaction. But some people, when you first meet them, from the time you shake their hand, yeah. from the first word they speak out of their mouth, just how they, their body language, how they look at you, how they carry themselves tells you a lot about what you need to know. Sure. You know, like when, when, when with Chris Stapleton from the time I shook his hand. Yeah. Just down to earth kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. I've met some other people um, that are, have some famous names. I'm not going to name drop because I did, or I did that once tonight. So I'm done. <laughs> but, but there are some others, same thing, you know, sure. you, you look at them in the limelight, like, Oh my gosh, they're this rock star. And then, yeah. but really they're, they put their pants on the same way we do. Yeah. One yeah. leg at a time, Yeah, you know, and, and they're just, some are just as down to earth and just as nice and as friendly. Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned, you know, kiss earlier and, um, um, I met and set with, uh, this was the first time, um, I sat, and this was back in the 90s, um, I met Peter, Chris, and Ace Freely from KISS. Okay, I don't know who they are, but And okay. we had the opportunity to sit and talk, mm-hmm. and and I know Ace is uh, apparently very clean living and all now, and has righted his demons in life as far as, you know, um, drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol. Um, met and hung out with Peter Chris. I got a picture. That's one of my great possessions because I was always such a Peter Chris fan growing up. Um, you know, just such a nice dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I met him um, at a first show of multiple shows that was done. That's a whole different story. Um, and my cousin who got me into Kiss when I was a kid, he's 10 months older than me, so he's my big cousin. <laughs> you know, Bobby. Um, Bobby came down from Northern Virginia and uh, and – I was going to introduce him to him, um, 
Peter Chris was a little bit older. He he kind of did his thing and, and kind of went on to the hotel, you know. Um, I had built a drum because, you know, you know, I play drums. Mm-hmm. Um, I had built a drum and I told him about being his biggest fan. And I said, um, I've got a drum I would like for you to sign. He says, I'm sorry, Jim. He said, I don't sign drums anymore. I said, why not? He said, well, he said, I, I used to do it. He said, and then I'd be walking down the street in New York or someplace and I would see him in the windows of pawn shops. Oh, and he said, I don't want somebody, you know, making money off of my name when I do it sincerely. Mm-hmm. And I said, let me tell you something. I said, I built this drum. I said, I did everything. I told him, I gave him the whole breakdown of how I built this drum. And I said, whether you signed it or not, it's not going anywhere. This is the first drum I ever built. It's mine. Mm-hmm. And in there on top of my gun safe now is that drum with Peter Chris's signature on it. Oh wow! When I told him the story, he looked at me and went, take the heads off. Because I didn't know how he was going to do it. And he actually signed the inside of the drum. Oh, wow. And I still have it. So, Peter, if you're listening, I never broke my word. That's my drum. Mm-hmm. It just happens to have your signature on it. So after the show, we go back to meet Ace Freely, and this was in his drug days. And he was, oh, my cousin just, I mean, the earth moved with Ace Freely. He loved Ace Freely as a guitar player. Mm-hmm. My cousin's a guitar player. And I walked back in the back room, and him and his other guitar player had just partaken of some substances that really altered him and really just put... I mean, I I felt dirty when I walked out. Mm. And I was trying to work it to where I could get my cousin backstage to meet him. Right. And it didn't work out. And I struggled with that for a long time, you know, because I felt bad. You know, I, I enjoy this band because of my cousin who turned me on to it, blah, 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 blah. And I had an opportunity and I couldn't make it happen. Right. And then one day I just thought, you know what? Bobby's better off with the image of his head of what one of his guitar idols is mm-hmm. versus what he would have seen if he walked in that back room. Right. You know, so, it, you know, sometimes those meetings, I, I'm glad the meeting with you and Chris Stapleton went so well because yeah. you're going to have that good memory. Yeah. You know, but I've also shook hands with, uh, you know, people like when I first got into the political world, the Emmett Hangers, mm-hmm. and immediately had that bad vibe that, you know what, dude? You're not in it for the right reason. I can tell. Yeah. You know, you get that feeling right off the bat. And then when it's confirmed, then, you know, it just, well, I've made it no secret what my feelings are for the politician known as Emmett Hanger, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've been very clear about it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't like his votes. Don't like the way he's turned his back on his constituents. Uh, We have that problem right here in, in our city right now, but we're getting ready to cure that. That's right. Yeah, you know, we're in no, We're coming in November. We're coming and, heavy in November, and you know what? Um, I'm. I can say it all day long, but the proof will be um, January one when I take seat as city councilman of my ward um, and mayor and, of the city, and show people that um, this is not something I ever aspired to. Um, I'm doing it because it needs to be done. I was a kid who grew up as George Washington was my hero, and. I studied those uh, letters of uh, um, between John Adams and, and Thomas Jefferson. And, you know, you look at people that fought next to George Washington, like Nathaniel Green. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at all these people who lost their fortunes, lost their reputations, lost their, their uh, in some cases, lost their life because they were doing the right thing. And maybe it was the influence of those where that's the people I want to surround myself with. Yep. And uh, as long as I surround myself with those people, people like you, 
and the uh, and the people in our committee, um, you'll hold my feet to the fire. If I tempt, if I get tempted to waver, that's what I got you all here because we've built this circle together. Oh, we're coming after you. <laughs> Don't you even <laughs> doubt it. I'm I gonna be nitpicking. Hey, man, if I if I thought for a second <laughs> that um, you would let me away uh, let me away with stuff I shouldn't be getting away with, then um, we probably wouldn't be doing the things we do together. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be hearing from me, all right. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're coming after you. Come right on. Mm-hmm. I ain't scared of you. You will be when you... You haven't seen me yet. Have I not? No. You, you just wait till the the, uh, the Biden black man comes out. You... <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me get all politically black on you. That's right. I'll get politically black on you, white man. <laughs> oh, that, I, just, I just committed some cultural... Uh, um, Appropriation. Appropriation. You did. You did. But you know what? It was done really well. You like that? It's better than I could have done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what, man? That's uh, that's that's why we uh, secure our perimeter, and we secure our perimeter with people who are like minded and and trustworthy and doing it for the right reasons, and um, that's why we're uh, cleaning up our town. So everybody needs to be doing the same with their own. That's right. You know. Secure our perimeter, build those circles, and eventually those circles will overlap, and uh, we'll mm-hmm. take our country back. Yep. But we got to do it at this point in life. We got to do it from the from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's where we're at. Yes, we are. And Epstein didn't kill himself. <sighs> and uh, if Musk dies under mysterious um, circumstances. circumstances, yeah, it wasn't the Clintons. Nope. It was definitely Vladimir Putin. It could have been, but you know, Hillary gave him. Gave Vladimir Elon's email. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that she didn't wipe with a cloth. <laughs> there was only one. That was the important one. It was one. that it. That was it that was it. the important one. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we had a lot of topics to talk about tonight. We went through a bunch of stuff. It kind of got sidetracked. That's that's the thing about no, the Liberty Room. No, it didn't. We were on track the whole time. Yeah, well, there is that track in the Liberty Room sometimes takes some pretty twist, big twists and turns and... That I would agree with. Yeah, it's yeah. like a roller coaster track more than Amtrak. All it's right, so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it comes down to it, man, we've got uh, law enforcement. Do your job. Protect those uh, Supreme Court justices, the liberals as well as the conservatives. Even though they're not going after the liberals, just do the right thing. You know, because they feel like what they're doing is the right thing. Well, except John Roberts. Um, we don't know what John Roberts is doing. So. <laughs> I never do. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just a good place to end tonight because, um, you get so easily frustrated with some of the people of bad character out there who Mm -hmm. are leading the charge for their own gain. And, um, it's about time we get some foothold and take that, take that back, take the offense away from the, uh, from those people. We got a foothold coming in November. His name is the Jim Wood. Well, we do here in Waynesboro. We do. It's a start. We do in our city, but we will hopefully we inspire other areas to do the same thing. And, yeah, the and wave starts here. Yeah, that's we're we're going to set the precedent. We're that we're that pebble that starts mm-hmm. the ripple that turns into the wave. That's right. You like that, didn't you? That was that was a great analogy. You like that? I did. You were like a philosopher. <laughs> Welcome to the mount, my friend, my son. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, uh, the Jim Aristotle. <laughs> Not another nickname. Well, that, that one didn't sound very good. No. Yeah. No, I hope that one shouldn't stick. But No. I, I'm thinking really, if anything, yeah. uh, we just call you Wolf.
Welcome to the wonderful city of Wolfburg. Wolf or Wolfboro. Wolfboro. Yeah, that Wolfboro. was it. Oh, yeah. sorry. You keep the borough so that it, at least we have a we have part of the original name. I say. got you. Yeah. I got you. It was yeah. a, little, a little too German. Germanic. Wolfburg. Welcome to Wolfburg. <laughs> Wait, we're all become Nazis now. No. No. Oh, okay. No, then Putin will want to invade. We don't need that. No. No. Get his ass kicked by a bunch of rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> In Wolfburg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning into the Liberty Room for whatever direction it took tonight. We hope you like the uh, destination to get there. Um, don't forget the LibertyRoom.com. That is the link to send all your friends so they can tune in to any of their favorite podcast providers. Um, iHeartRadio is our newest um, host of the Liberty Room. Uh, we love iHeart. Make sure you also get in on Spotify, which is the one I use most of the time. But you got um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox. Um, yeah, there's so many to, 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 to name. Uh, but if you go to thelibertyroom.com, it's got a link to all of them. And then you go to thejimwood.com. Where you will get uh, all the information you need for the Wednesday Conversation Show live every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. In on, living color. In living color. We're not in black and white anymore. No, no. We have, we're, we've moved on. I guess technically the Little Liberty Room's in black and white. In more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so get in the conversation every Wednesday night on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and coming soon to Telegram. Uh, across many different platforms. So whatever social media you desire, you can hear us on Friday, but you can come see me on Wednesday. Well, we'll tickle your ear. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's best that we don't even sit down in the studio. I don't know about that. Uh, no? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, have a great and blessed week. Uh, we'll see you on Wednesday, and you hear us on Friday. Until next week, everybody, just... Be good to one another. Wild Mustangs. 